0: Welcome to the Q4 Impact Podcast, where we challenge the cultural norms of aging through scripture, story, and conversation. We are what we possess. Do you believe that statement? Perhaps the better question to ask is how does what we possess reflect what we believe? This is the Q4 Impact Podcast. My name is Susan Kunselman, and I am here with the founder of Q4 Impact and my co-host, Ron Regenstreich. Welcome, Ron.
1: Thanks, Susan. <clears throat> this one is, uh, we could rustle some feathers or ruffle some feathers on this topic. And as much as I don't want to ruffle feathers, I think I do want to ruffle feathers as well. Oh, so you. I i want my feathers ruffled. So um, I'm hoping that our listeners will be inspired and maybe convicted and maybe driven to some thought and prayer about this topic and and I want to clearly kind of define what we what we're not trying to do. We're not trying to say you can only have x number of Vs or for every dollar you earn, you have to give this percentage. We don't have a list of what you're allowed to do or not allowed to do. It's really not about making a list, but it is about examining the place that our possessions hold in our lives and being willing to be honest about how we are managing our willingness to especially acquire things for our own benefit.
0: It's true. I want to add to that. I think another goal that we're hoping to bring out in this conversation is really a call to sensibility as well as to biblical obedience surrounding what we choose to possess. And our approach today is not because we've got this dialed in. I know that there are things that I may see that I really wrestle about whether I should or should not acquire. And that's what we want to draw forth is a way to do that wrestling. And so I wanna um, say that we're coming into this conversation wrestling the same way, learning the same things. And why don't we start gently, Ron, by you just sharing a little bit about
1: what the benefit is the benefit of just knowing that you can look at the way you're living and say i read my bible i listen to sermons and my life looks like what i'm reading or what i'm saying that i believe <laughs> and that's not easy it's it's much easier to just read and then kind of neglect, well, how does this apply to you, Ron? And and I don't know if I'm just wired a certain way, but I wrestle with this stuff all the time. And these decisions, and maybe it's because I have so much that this is difficult. And I think that's one thing that we want to identify is that, possessions have power. And the more we have, the more we have to manage them. If you have one car, you just have to worry about changing the oil and the tires and tuning it up. If you have three cars, you got to worry about three. If you have 10, you have to worry about 10. And that's the case with everything. If you have a small house, if you have a medium house, you have a large house, so there is there is an element to this that I'm hoping we all learn to say, am, am I willing to pay the price for this added thing that I'm about to to add to my list of, of possessions? Because
0: so. yeah. there really are a lot of benefits to the things that we own. Um, I know a lot of times, like I'm getting ready to go on a trip, and I'm sure that I will purchase something as a memorable souvenir. And it will serve a purpose of bringing me joy and remembrance. I think um, other benefits are going to be things that I purchase that help me accomplish something more efficiently. Um, So what I hear you talking about is in these uh, the benefit of us talking about this topic is that while there are many good things, it takes a lot of time and it can take a lot of our resources. And that's what makes this so tricky. And I
1: I, I think what you and I discuss a lot is is wanting folks to have examples of, well, how do you do this? Well, how do you make these decisions? And so, you know, to say, there's a part of having your home fixed up nicely that adds to the warmth of when you have people over and i know my wife is an amazing decorator and i i don't know how many times many 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 times people have said to us ron you know i just feel such a peace about being in your home and part of it is because rocks makes it just warm, and she has nice things too, and there's nothing wrong with nice things. Um, I've enjoyed, as many of you maybe already know, I, I like to bike, and so I learned after a year or two that spending a little money in the biking world gives you a little pleasure, (laughs) if <laughs> you get a nicer bike it makes it easier to ride and it makes helps you to enjoy it more and for me it's it's the enjoyment of it as well as the health benefit of it mm-hmm. so so i spent money on a relatively expensive bike because there's a purpose attached to it there's a there's a there's a benefit that has a healthy side to it And it's not just, I'm just going to get it and I'm going to use it for a few hours and it's going to sit in the garage. That's where you say, then it's not a good purchase. It's not a good addition, you know, or your home is, you know, everything has to be brand new and you have to get a new couch every two years and you have to change all the decorations. There's a point where it says that's excessive and- helping us all to navigate this life that that has so many of those kinds of challenges.
0: It's true. And that's the call to sensibility we're talking about. And I hear you expressing that there has to be some way to properly manage these things. And I think we've seen it. And we've all seen the examples of when there's a lack of management in what we acquire, what we... Um, possessed towards even experiences, you mentioned biking as an example to that, then it can, how do I want to say, Um, it can start to affect us personally and interpersonally if there's not something as a guardrail to those things. And we definitely want to make sure that what is motivating us, that we understand it and that those motives are submitted to God. And I think that is maybe the deeper heart issue. Before we even pull out our our wallets, it's what is driving us to acquire the possessions that we do. I
1: think that's the real the, the real heart of it. If mm-hmm. if the possessions can also have a, a healthy purpose, mm-hmm. then I say, buy a boat. You know, <laughs> if, if there is. An other reason, in addition to just you want a boat, and you you know because whatever reason, if there is some significant spiritual portion of of an acquisition like that, a vacation, a you know a rest for your family, uh, creating a memory for your kids, your grandkids, those are valuable things. But when we when we just do things, just automatically and we don't check ourselves and say, you know, is it okay? I, I I I'd like to get a new suit or a new sport jacket. Well, again, do I have seven others or ten others that I don't wear in the closet? It's it's having some sort of system for us to be able to check ourselves because boy, are we attracted to things and you know biblically when when we read the scripture and we hear verses that say you know not to lay up for ourselves treasures on earth but mm-hmm. that our treasures should be in heaven possessions can possess us to yeah. focus big chunks of our time and our energy and our efforts on pursuing them in
0: yeah most definitely. I think that um, in the gospels, we, we hear and we see that we serve a God that delights to give good gifts to his children. And this is where sometimes in Christian circles, I think it can get a little tricky because people say, well, you know, God wants me to have good things and he's blessed me to have good things. And yes, we serve a generous, just giver of good gifts. And he calls us as we've referenced in a, a past, I think it was just last week's podcast to do things decently and in an order. And so there has to be a balance for the very reason that you're saying is when we possess so much, our hearts can be drawn away from him. And he wants to be the one that fully satisfies in whom we find our contentment. And that's back to the heart issue. And that's what I have to weigh myself. If I am, you know, everyone jokes, at least women in my circles joke about going to Target, you can't go in for toilet bowl cleaner and not come out with something that is pretty for your home or for your your clothing. And yet I have to know what is driving that behavior? What is my contentment, my source of joy as it pertains to what I buy or don't buy. And my goal is I want it to be found in God alone.
1: So here's a radical statement that I'm just going to say it, even though I don't view myself as necessarily a great representation of this. I, I used to say this a few years ago, and I would say often... I got to get out of the country a couple times a year because I want to put myself in settings that are that are just way different than the setting that I live in in the United States. And so you hear what you said a few minutes ago, you hear that often. You hear God is wants to give his children, you know, wonderful things. Like I'm almost tired of hearing that. <laughs> You know, I'd rather hear. Well, how does it feel to be in Haiti, and how does it feel to be in a slum in in Lima, Peru, or in some country in Africa where where people have nothing? I mean, they have. We have a thousand times more than than they do, and and so how do we continue to have so much excess and and don't take that radical approach, which isn't really, shouldn't even be classified as being radical, and, mm-hmm. and define for ourselves boundaries for how often we're going to do things for ourselves, whether it's how much we're going to, how many pairs of socks am I going to have, or... Yeah. How, how how exorbitant is my vacation going to be? What kind of car am I going to drive? In light of the fact that there are billions of people around the world that have nothing, and, and I'm taking a risk now because if you look at my life, I could make a case to say, Ron, I, I, there's parts of my life that I think are hypocritical, Susan, because I'm talking about this and i'm only living it partially mm. and i wish i had more friends i have a few mm-hmm. who really are devoted and committed to say i want to do this radically i want to i don't want to be fall on the side of being overly comfortable how about i fall on the side of being overly uncomfortable for the sake of sharing with those that don't have. I wish I heard that message mm-hmm. more than the message of God wants to give us good things. I, I know that. I get that already. So yeah. did I cross a line?
0: I don't think you crossed the line. I think in my mind, as I heard you saying that, we are definitely so influenced by our Western culture and by having so much so easily accessible. And, and the mentality of it's okay to, to have, I mean, and this is maybe going to step on toes and something I've had to challenge myself with, like how many coffees is it okay to buy myself in one week? And I know that it's a very traditional thing for many people to get their daily coffee on the way to work. This is not to poke at coffee drinkers. (laughs) This is to say, what is that muscle that we're building within ourselves, submitted to what the Lord may be calling us to do with the finances he's entrusted us with. Because an argument I could make to your poverty that you see in other countries is, okay, well, what is my decision about a coffee going to make to someone living in Lima, Peru? The reality is probably no difference. The difference, when I look at it myself, is what is my heart state before the Lord? Am I being a good steward of what he's entrusted me with in my little corner of the world that he's placed me? And yes, to be generous, but there's so many pieces to this conversation, I think.
1: And I challenge that coffee statement. Sure. So over the course of the years, uh, my wife and I have sponsored kids overseas and some of those kids are now adults and so when you say what difference could i make by not having a cup of coffee you know once a day or twice a day is you could sponsor a child for 20 30 dollars a month mm-hmm. and and so you can do things you can say to yourself i'm not going to buy this item and instead i'm going to increase my giving i'm going to increase how much, how many sponsors, how many kids I'm going to sponsor? You know, how many, and I, and there's, the, this is the message. Yeah. How about more of us live more radically hmm. instead of showing how many things we have? How about instead of pictures of the vacations we're on, we show pictures of the kids that we're sponsoring or the you know the whatever i don't know what that's a good example
0: it's a fair challenge yeah there can be a direct impact in the money we don't spend and the good that that can be can be done with it to have eternal value that's what i hear you saying
1: and and here's i think another part of this it's it's i think we should all be aware of where our temptations are you know for for you for me it's not coffee i don't i don't ever go to starbucks and i i can't remember the last time i bought a cup of coffee at a place like that but a new shirt is maybe my starbucks or or you know something else so it's when i'm aware of and for me clothing was that thing mm-hmm. and i had to say to myself i had to put some things into place where I say, I'm going to create boundaries that it's going to be up to me. It's not everyone can have the certain amount. It's in my life for the setting that I live in, for the work that I do, for the ministry I'm involved in, here's what's appropriate. And anything more than that, I'm recognizing can be a temptation to me. So understand where we're vulnerable and and then pray about it and ask god you know what he would have you do to, to have some limits to what we do for ourselves
0: mm, and that's the crux of the matter isn't it are we serving ourselves or are we serving others
1: it's it's really it's really a hard issue mm-hmm. because you know the more involved we are in serving other people, the more that takes up our, our, our love, our take, takes up our energy, takes up our, our time, takes up our, our heart. So if, if you're always shopping for yourself and always doing things for yourself, you're going to be all about yourself. If you're always giving and always helping others, then you're going to be about helping others. If you're always, if you're praying often and you're studying God's word, you're going to experience more of God in your life. And uh, some of the most obvious verses of scripture that we reference is these, these ones in 1st John chapter 2 verse 15 I think like I mentioned it before love not the world nor the things that are in the world mm-hmm. and look, put your love and your affections in God's kingdom because what if we collect every uh, asset every article what if we gain the whole world mm-hmm. but we lose our soul and while we're while we're doing that and 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 I'm sorry to go on so long, but I get worked up about this, not only because of what I see Mm -hmm. outside, but what I see in myself. Yeah. Is I think we lose our soul. I I can kind of add to that verse of scripture or expound on it. We lose a portion of our soul because we're we're losing out on on what God could be doing in us if we really We're devoted to to sharing and giving and serving.
0: And to link that to our topic of possessions, if those possessions take our time, take our focus, take our energy away from what God is calling us to focus on and to be and how we live for him. So It's a good admonition. And I think, again, it's not that we're having this conversation to tell anyone what is right for them. And I know like Romans 8 comes to mind where there's therefore now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, nor are Ron and I here to speak condemningly for those choices. What we are wanting to raise forth to ourselves, to those who may listen, is the challenge of what do our possessions say we believe, and are they taking us away from the things that we profess or are called to live as Christians?
1: It's the part of this podcast, Susan, and that—that that I think is the the motivation for me certainly to want to do this is—is is, is so often I meet folks in this stage of life. And the vast majority of the conversation is about baseball games and restaurants and vacations and cars and houses and things. And Mm -hmm. reality of it's because that's what the majority of our lives are about. And it's so refreshing when when I talk to folks whose lives are all about sharing God's love with other people in one form or another. And the stories that you hear from people who are giving to others are so much more exciting than the chicken that they ate at some restaurant three days ago. It's just no comparison. And so it's calling attention to our friends is, is, deny yourself, take up the cross and let's follow him together and let's let's not, yes, there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus, but there is conviction. and I want to be convicted about things that are not what they could be in my life. and I hope our listeners feel the same way.
0: Amen. I think that is well said. I think there's only one piece. I know we're going a little longer today, but there's one piece. I know I referenced earlier about developing a muscle, developing something that helps guide the decisions that we make surrounding what we possess and what we choose to acquire. And I feel like I want to leave our listeners with something Specific, yes, this may be questions that need to be answered individually for their lives, but there have to be some basic guidelines. And I know you and I spoke offline, um, where again you joked about liking to to ask things sarcastically, and and you posed the question. So if I have the resources to do it, does that is that sufficient? Does that mean it's okay to buy? And of course, we know that that answer is no. But if it's not simply that I have enough in my bank account, what is that sensible litmus test, if you will, that someone could begin applying in this area?
1: How do you want us to, when we stand before God, what do we want our lives to look like? It's a litmus
0: test, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it's the litmus test. What do we want to be about? And. Do I want to be about my golf game or do I want to be about sharing gospel with other people?
0: Yeah, that is the high call. And we all know that we cannot take our stuff with us. And yet our homes, my home, maybe doesn't always reflect that. And so I think that is the call that we can close with today. And that is to ask each person listening to take a personal inventory Answer this question with transparency, with honesty before the Lord. He knows anyway. And then will you take steps to ensure that your life and your possessions reflect an obedience to the whole of God's word? That is the call on our life. And will you please join us next week? What what is our topic next week? Oh, I know. It's one that is very kind of sensitive for me. It's about expectations. So I kind of look forward with fear and trembling as we dive into that. So thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us next week. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Q4 Impact Podcast. Please make sure you're subscribed to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on so you continue receiving encouragement and practical tips on how to live your fourth quarter continually impacting the world around you for Christ.